Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. This episode of Kimberly's Intentional Moment is brought to you by the Seiken Network on Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night to all of you across the planet, and maybe beyond. How are you? Take a moment. Feel where it is you're standing or sitting. Take a few deep breaths. Just notice your breathing. How is breathing for you this morning? Or this afternoon, this evening, or tonight? And check in with your body. So just notice places that feel good, easy, strong, fluid, balanced. Also observing places that feel achy, cranky, murky, weak imbalanced I say this on purpose and I'm doing this purposely we need to know where we are in order to know what we're putting or what attitude and energy we're putting out there for everyone else so like I said in my description of this show like it or not we're all connected believe it or not we're all connected those two things actually don't matter. This is what it is. We are connected. So your attitude and your energy make a difference. And that is what the show is about today. I want to just check in, though, first with how your body's feeling. And I'll let you know, my body is sore. My cousin took my boyfriend and I and our girls tubing on Sunday. And I'm usually a 48-hour or so later kind of gal who gets really, really sore, and my body is sore in places I haven't felt in a while. And I have to tell you, doing my practice, my asana, my postures, or my mainly stretching in this case, practice is challenging because, I mean, sore muscles like this, you know, I don't feel them this sore, this way, all that often. My body gets sore, but this is a little more intense. And just, you know, I've been breathing through that, you know, just reaching up and back in like a back bend and just opening up my chest to the sky, just having my arms as straight as I can get them is a challenge because it's all, you know, triceps and um, trapezius and all these muscles, my back down the sides um, are all incredibly sore. So... I I actually like that reminder, and it also tells me what a good time I had. It reminds me of what a good time I had. And I think that's something else we can use when our muscles get sore, when we're moving them, and we're moving them in new ways and strengthening them in new ways. One of the things you can think about when maybe fear arises, and I know that this has happened for myself and many of the people I know in my life, because when your muscles are sore, and you've been injured before, it's it's scary, if even for a moment. So the maybe the 
script you can give yourself is, well, I had a good time, or I strengthened my body, or whatever, some sort of po positive beneficial spin on that so that the fear starts to subside. Sorry, that was a little aside there. But it is such a challenge to do very normal things, and I think it's always a nice reminder of how some people feel on the daily. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I want to review for a moment last week and even the week before. So we talked about resilience the week before last. Last week we were talking essentially about adaptation to change, which is essentially the same thing. But we were talking about how we feel about change so that we, it, we were taking note of what it feels like in our body, where it is in our body that we feel change, whether it is change that we had control over and felt good about or change we didn't have control over and felt bad about or some sort of mixture of those. And taking note of how we can even respond to that. And by knowing how we feel in our bodies um, and, and without suppressing that feeling, just noticing, oh, this usually arises when I feel this way or when something like this is happening. And it's it's a nice... I guess I would say reminder to take a deep breath and respond accordingly. So just because it didn't feel very good in a moment doesn't mean that it wasn't good for you. doesn't mean it won't have a beneficial outcome. It just means it's really uncomfortable and sometimes downright painful. Um, I'll, I mean, that's the truth. It doesn't mean that it won't have um, a good outcome. Being resilient, I mean, it, the homework two weeks ago was to just notice resilience around you and the people around you. And children and adults alike, I have just seen it time and time again. And it is really what you choose to put your mind to, you bring your attention to. So two weeks ago, the homework was, and I'm practicing it with you, looking at resilience around you. And now I see so much of that, and it, it's so hopeful and and peaceful even. I actually get a sense of a calm from seeing resilience around me. I guess that inner child in all of us is always there that, that craves the stability of someone who can adapt to change, whatever it is. And even if it's not easy, even if they stumble at first, uh, but they still are able to bounce back, come back, and sometimes a lot stronger. Today's focus is just, again, we're taking the practice deeper and deeper or further and further or sideways and backwards and twisting it and doing all kinds of things to it. We're talking about serving and educating ourselves because we are responsible for what we put out there. And I ask you today and every day, in any moment, to keep reminding yourself of your responsibility, being accountable to the practice. So when we serve ourselves, when we take care of ourselves, we automatically take care of other people, automatically. So when I'm talking about serving in general, and maybe you're thinking, but I'm totally tapped. I don't have any energy left. I'm asking you to serve yourself. Now, I like to just put a little aside here. 
I realize that there has for many people, and I've noticed this in, in clients, I've just noticed it in general, and seen it time and time again, there was a glitch in some of our growing up, for some of us. There was a glitch. And it's where we were taught, or somehow we learned, that we should put our head down and plow through. You know, when times are difficult, or life in general, many people, this is how they live day to day. So I'm not saying there isn't any value in that lesson. And I'm not even saying that the intention was bad. I, I, I think that the intention may have been a very good one. It, there are times where we do essentially need to put our heads down, just kind of plow through. Times, now and again, kind of like... Our fight-or-flight response is not something we need to be calling upon every day. Once in a while, a car almost hits you, jump out of the way. Your hand's on something hot, pull it away. You know, these these things are important. Beyond that, though, living in fight-or-flight mode just depletes our adrenals. And the same with this putting our head down and plowing through. It is a huge disservice to us when practiced regularly, even dangerous. Because if we get used to putting our head down and plowing through in the day-to-day -day life, number one, that actually makes my heart hurt. That's not living. There's no joy in that. You can't even see joy. You can't, the, the homework that we had, you would never see resilience around you. Your head is down and you're plowing through. How can that be? But dangerous in that we stop noticing what matters in a moment. We stop, you know, we, we stop getting that extra hug or making that decision that makes a huge difference in our lives or someone else's life. And and putting your head down and plowing through in my scenario where the car almost hits you, you're probably going to get hit. You're not paying attention. And there are many folks that live day-to-day -day this way, and I am asking you, the listeners, to be that model that says otherwise, that we are going to have our head up and we're going to look around, and we're going to be cognizant of what we're doing, and enjoy and walk through fear, and do all of these things that we have been talking about in all the shows, and, and, and this isn't reinventing the wheel. This is, you've heard this somewhere else, I'm sure. But being present, because you're going to be here as you are with the name you have this one time. That's it. We can all agree on that. I, I'm fairly certain all of us can agree on that, no matter what you believe. So, but, you know, let's take ourselves out of the danger zone and not only that, let's get way outside of the box. So when we're serving ourselves, so let me back up a little bit. So plowing through, a lot of the same clients that I've worked with and people that I've observed that have this glitch going on, <clears throat> and maybe we all do to a certain extent, because um, I certainly relate to it, uh, and we all need to do it at times. I think alongside of that, can come the feeling that when we serve ourselves, we're being selfish. And a very close friend of mine and I were having a conversation last week 
about this very thing, our own definitions of selfish and self-centered. And she really didn't see, or how I heard it is that she didn't see self-centered and selfish all that differently. I want to be very clear on my show that I do. So when I use the word self-centered, we're talking about centered on the self, taking care of oneself. And I usually use a, a capital S on this. Selfish is a small s, for sure, lowercase s. And selfish is when we step on somebody else to get to where we want to go or step on something to get to where we want to go. It doesn't matter who I hurt. It doesn't matter who I wrong. I care about me only and my needs. So I'm talking about being centered on the self, serving ourselves. Hopefully that resonates a little better with those of you that see um, self-centered and selfish as synonymous. Instead, let's call it serving ourselves. When we serve ourselves, we automatically serve others. So do, do you hear that? It means that when you take care of you, when you do what not only you need to do for yourself, absolutely that has to happen, but getting out of that survival mode and actually getting into thrive mode and doing a lot of what you want, not at the expense of others, just doing what you want. And when you that automatically serves other people because as you become happier, as you become more fulfilled, as you become more grounded, everyone around you automatically becomes more of all those things. Again, because it comes back to we're all connected. Energy is connected. So you do change things. So that should, I hope, take a load off. You, by you taking care of you, you automatically serve others. So when I'm asking you or calling you to service today, maybe that's what you do. And you do that for the rest of your life. Thank you. Yay. That's all I can say. And something rather than nothing. I go back to this. I say this all the time. And I it, probably because I need to hear it. Something rather than nothing over the long haul, over even just three months, can make a significant difference, a significant shift in a beneficial way. Over six months or a year, now you're talking even larger. This is why last week I mentioned getting a journal. I'm sure I've mentioned it before, but definitely I said it last week so that you can keep note of your thoughts and, and the things that come up for you and see how things shift as you move along. And just to clear your head. Sometimes it's just to clear your head. And think about and start writing down the things that you're practicing in, in, in any way that will help trigger a memory for you so that you know what is working for you and what is not. Most things are probably going to work for you. You'll be pleasantly surprised. So going back to, we talked about that glitch. I call it a glitch. When, when we were growing up and we were putting our head down and plowing through. I want you to understand that when I ask you to put a happy face on for the day, because that will come later in the show and you've heard me say it before, they may sound the same, they aren't. They are not the same. Putting your head down and plowing through and choosing to put a smile on your face even when you don't want to are not the same thing. It can feel 
really similar in your body mind. So that's where, you know, writing this stuff down matters. Where does it hit you when you put your head down and plow through? And where does it hit you in your body when you wear a happy a smile on your face for the day? The good news is this, just putting that smile on your face changes your hormones and changes your nervous system. So nervous and endocrine system are automatically affected in a beneficial way. Automatically. The moment you curl your lips up just a little bit at the end of your mouth, you change everything. It's not huge. You know, it's, it's, it's not instantaneous as many of us would really like. Although I have to tell you, there are times for me where it is. Just that little shift changes everything. So, you know, practicing that when you're in traffic is a great place. You know, somebody cuts you off, smile anyway. Just smile. That's your choice. You can. Going back to um, the plowing through, I just want to reiterate one more time that how can we possibly be present if we're plowing through? And feel free, you know, you can, I would love more discussion on this, and I will open the phones up a little later. Um, so you can call the show, but also just writing me an email, because a lot of, I know a lot of you listen to this archived, um, and so, you know, at, at a later date. So you can, you know, write me a quick email, shoot me an email. I would love to hear from you, kimtalkradio at gmail.com. Again, that's kimtalkradio at gmail.com. So we're talking about service. So we now we have to wonder, okay, so what does this mean? Well, service is to the world, the universe, the energy. So the wonderful thing about practicing service, so again, it can be serving yourself, is that it automatically catches other birds in one hand. It's practicing now. It's practicing happiness. It is doing something every day uh, as often as possible. So I think you get where I'm going with this. When you practice taking care of you, you automatically are doing all of these other things. And we, I know definitely as Americans, probably as Western world, if not the entire world, we love to get rid of a huge amount on our list as soon as possible. I don't know how it is for you all out there, but I can take six things off my list in a day and add eight, which means that I just added to my list. And it's so frustrating. In fact, and I know many of you have done this because I've talked to some of you. I'll add to my list after I've done something just so I can mark one more thing off at times. That goes back to, again, doing something every day. That is serving myself. That gives me such satisfaction to write that down and cross it off. And who cares? I mean, you can say that, you know, it's redundant. Oh, okay. Well, it works for me. It it makes me feel better about the things I've accomplished in a day. And I am not a task-oriented person. I am much more of a visionary. I like to talk about the big scale. I'm, I'm, not, I'm sure that's not a huge surprise for you listeners out there, um, having heard me before, even hearing me now. 
So getting onto a list at times, just looking at a list is so overwhelming, I just want to ignore it as if it doesn't exist. My boyfriend and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about piles of stuff and, you know, just piles that you make that, you know, oh, I'll get to this, I get to this, and then you go back to a pile that's been sitting there for a couple of weeks and then you start just throwing it away. And I actually talked to a student about mine or a student of mine about this exact same thing. We, you know, you go back and you just start tossing stuff because so much of what you thought mattered really didn't ultimately matter. And that's a good lesson, too. So however you can learn that in your life, you know, bring that in to practice. So I had said earlier about smiles and how beneficial they are to you. Well, you know, when you choose to put a smile on your face, you can change someone's day. When you genuinely look someone in the eyes and smile, watch. It's it's actually incredibly powerful. And the more you tap into that, the more everything I'm talking about will make more sense to you. So, for instance, have you ever felt a person enter the room and it... it you immediately know that person is in a bad mood or in a bad space. And I love all my prenatals out there, my prenatal ladies out there, so please, no offense in this. I remember, though, the first time that I, well, the first year that I was teaching prenatal, the thing I had to really get used to because I was teaching an early evening class, so it was after work, these women would come in and they were just, you know, they were tired Eat up, you know, and it depends on where you are in pregnancy and how your pregnancy is going. But I just remember this particular time in in my teaching career that I just noticed they would come in. But by the time they left, they were so grateful and mainly to themselves for having gotten themselves to class and just tuned out, chilled out, and they were with their baby, and it reset them for the week ahead. Um. So I, when I when I think about you know that energy entering a room that used to hit me pretty hard like oh they they really don't want to be at my class you know immediately took it to my own self and quickly realized over and it was repeated week after week so of course I got it finally it had nothing to do with me it had to do with the own their own stuff that was going on now. That actually has relevance in what's going on physiologically with a pregnant body. It is, but it is the same in the sense that when we walk in a room, our energy is felt. Now, there may be many people in that room not tapped into it or not present, so they don't feel it, or at least they think they don't feel it, or they don't knowingly feel it. They're not cognizant of it. But it's still happening. And... I know, you know, you know the person that walks in the room and they're just the instant what my friends and I call the buzz kill. It's like we're all having a good time and then this person walks in the room. <clears throat> Don't be that person. I'm not saying you can't be in a bad mood. What I'm saying is, is find the things in your life, the practices in your life that take you out of that space as fast as possible. Number one reason is because it doesn't serve you it actually breaks down your body, cell by cell. So it is relevant, and it is worth talking about, and it isn't cliche, and it isn't frou-frou. It is 
real. So I'm asking you to find those practices that keep you from being the person that walks in the room and has the crash and instead be the person that walks in the room and people light up like, I'm so glad she's arrived or he's arrived because it it serves both. That feels good to be welcomed, right? And it also is affecting each and every person in that room. It actually affects everyone across the globe and beyond. It's more uh it's a it's a stronger feeling when you're actually in the room with someone. So I know it sounds like I repeat myself a lot. It is just this simple and what I have learned over the last, you know, between 15 and 20 years, I haven't done the math in a while, but 15, 20 years of teaching that it, it, it's just the way someone says it sometime that it finally resonates. It's the way that um, an inflection in the voice, it could be what's going on in your life. Right now you're open. Right now you're vulnerable enough. We, we've talked about in the past, and I want to remind you, love and learning are vulnerable. The only way to be in the space of love and learning is to be outside of the box, outside of the coffin. You're not merely dying slowly as a human being. You're actually truly living. You're not merely existing. You're truly living when you're in that space of love and learning. And it actually does feel good much of the time. There are times where it is very uncomfortable, downright painful, and it always prevails to be in the space of loving and learning. There's plenty of research to to, uh, back this up. You can look at it in all kinds of places. The American College of Sports Medicine talks about attitude. Um, The HeartMath Institute is the one that I find the most fascinating because they're really studying the heart and matters of the heart. And uh, so I encourage you to check out those websites. Um, how, before we go to a break, I just want to put out there, how can you serve? Well, it's interesting because um, I went to my, I redid my CPR um, AED infant, child, and adult class or certification this weekend or this last week. And I, it was such a good reminder about present time consciousness. I mean, it really, the only way for us to act is for us to be able to be present with what's going on and take that action. I'm going to come back to that um, right before the break. How can you serve beyond serving yourself? So let's say you say, well, I serve myself right now. I'm, I'm in a pretty good practice this way, and I'd like to go further than that. What are some easy ways to do that? Some, and, I, and I do mean easy. Um, can you do it with your work? So, you know, I've had just recently quite the talking to from my business coach about me, how I give a lot of discounts and, and freebies at times. And, you know, and, and that isn't serving myself because, you know, of, of the amount of money I'm actually bringing in to support my daughter and I. And and it's a good reminder because, you know, what I do, I am so in love with what I do that I just want to do it. And 
So that, but but where, where I'm going with this is that there's a place for that, and she talked to me about that. You know, there's a place for that, and it makes sense when we're serving the community, when we're serving in an area that is absolutely needed because, for instance, somebody just does not have the amount of money that it takes to meet with you weekly but really is doing the practice and has and needs that support in order to continue to do the practice. So I have found in my work it to be quite simple. I have a friend that, that um, owns her own business as well and, and is very similar that way and has to find the balance, you know, making sure that we're not getting taken advantage of. And that is a, a delicate balance at times. Usually, though, not a problem because, again, what you put out there, you attract. I don't take advantage, therefore, why would someone take advantage of me? It's not that it can't happen. It isn't that you aren't present to that possibility, but I don't put a lot of energy into it. Anyway, it might be that you give a freebie out or you discount your price um, for in certain situations or you donate your business time to an organization of your choice that that is appropriate. Um, and what I ask you to do is notice when you do that, how much that actually serves you to. Um, if you are fortunate enough to be doing something that you really love, you really feel that quickly. However, everyone can feel it. Or I should say not however, and everyone can feel it. We talked in another show about realizing what in your work that you presently do. So let's say you can't get out and do exactly what you love or that has to be a hobby right now. I do encourage you to keep up on your hobby. At the same time, it could be that you're the one in the office, we'll go back to an earlier practice, that smiles all the time. That's what you're known as, the smiling one, the one that's always smiling, you know, the one that feels good to be around. That can be a way that you serve even in a job that you're not super excited about. It's a way to become a little more excited. And the more joy and happiness that you practice, the more you'll just automatically feel and you'll start to attract it. So what's coming next will come next because you're already there in your in your body mind you're already there in your practice so before I go to the break I'm gonna um, I just want to come back to the CPR I am really going to encourage you to get CPR trained <clears throat> King County has a very high percentage um, I believe the number that the gentleman running the class said so it was 67 percent survival rate um, in King County, which is in the Seattle area. Um, and that's that's a pretty great number. And it tells you exactly why we need to act. And I felt like so much of what he was teaching is what I teach. And there was quite a synergy be, between him and I because of that. It was uh, He was teaching present time consciousness, noticing in a room. The first thing he had us do is he laid one of those mannequins down and he said, somebody just fell down and they're unconscious. And the whole room just stood there. And he said, you know, these are not his exact words, but something essentially or what I heard was, that's why people die. Because we don't act. 
And <clears throat> the more you get trained in CBR, I have to go every two years, the more you get trained in it, the more practice you're doing and the more aware you become and the more likely you are to be able to take that action. Your practice supports this as well. Taking action anyway. Do something every day. Do something as often as you think about it. Take 10 deep breaths. Smile. Drink water. You know, it can be just these little simple things that all add up to when the time comes for you to absolutely need to be present. It's something you already know. As uncomfortable as it would be for me to have to act with somebody passed out on the floor, I am glad that I continually practice what I need to be doing in that moment anyway. And I really do thank this gentleman out there for his class. It was wonderful. Um, and so it's also realizing when something's really wrong. By us noticing what's happening in our bodies, in a given moment, yes, it contributes to our practice. It contributes to uh, whether we're serving ourselves and others. Um, it contributes to how, how we should educate ourselves on that, and that'll come after the break. But it also can save lives. So um, being real with yourself, knowing that if you have question in your mind about something going on in your body and it's talking to you, your body doesn't lie, your mind does. And even if it feels like a heart attack and you go in and it's a panic attack, I'm glad you went because you don't want to mess around with that. You have limited time. So here's a PSA about that, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little more about education and relationship. Mm, need to get some rest. This is the worst headache ever. Mm. Right arm's all tingly all of a sudden. Must have slept on her last night. I keep losing my balance. These old bones need some exercise. Granddaddy, what you just said doesn't even make sense. It sounds like gibberish. Sounds like these could be more than what they seem. They could be a sign of stroke. Sudden weakness or numbness of the face, arm, or leg. Sudden trouble with vision in one or both eyes. Sudden trouble walking or difficulty with balance. Or a sudden intense headache that comes out of nowhere. If you or someone you know has any of these symptoms, don't wait. Call 911 immediately. You could make a difference in someone's life, someone you love, maybe even your own. Time lost is brain lost. Find out more at PowerToEndStroke.org. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. You're listening to Kimberly's Intentional Moment on blogtalkradio.com with your host, Kimberly Knauss, your spot to practice living in awareness. Well, hello there. So the reason I put on that stroke um, PSA or public service announcement is for you to be informed on some of the signs of stroke and again, you know, people are afraid to get medical attention, and I totally understand that, or they're embarrassed to get medical attention. Don't fear it. Just go. And a bill or two, and I know, I, I, I know this sounds difficult or challenging for folks that are really barely getting by these days. Is it worth your life? So for you not to visit, for you to have bills to pay and have to figure out a way 
um, is that is it more important for you to stay alive and have that than die and have the opposite? And it really can be that simple. And it was just so interesting the way that he brought up, you know, uh, in a restaurant, you know, if somebody gets up and looks really terrible in a moment, they may even be showing the choking sign. And they run to the bathroom because they're embarrassed and they figure they can just get it out themselves. And how people just watch them. And to me... That has a similarity, it's not the same, to the holding your head down and plowing through. That's like this person not looking good. Is it going to kill you to get up and go in and make sure that that person's okay? It could be the, the difference between them living and dying. And, and worst case scenario, you checked on someone. If they're not appreciative to it, oh well. You know, I can't imagine they wouldn't be. And it just takes a couple of seconds. And, oh, nope, I'm fine. I, you know, my friend just grossed me out or whatever. Okay, well, I just want to make sure you're okay. And you're modeling the behaviors. What we know is, in, in, in education, what we know is modeling is the best way or the most effective way to teach. Modeling the behavior you want to see. So if you want your child to read, your child needs to see you read. <clears throat> Even if, I mean, whatever you're reading. Hopefully it's not complete smut. Just kidding. Um, it could be whatever, I guess. I mean, it's totally up to you. But when they see you read and then you say, I, I want you to read, you know, okay, that's what you do, so I'll do that. I want you to brush your teeth. Well, you need to brush your teeth. Um, I want you to eat well. Well, you need to eat well in front of them. I want you to breathe when you're getting upset. You need to breathe when you're getting upset. And this can be with children. It can be with your best friend. It can be with anybody. When people see you doing or walk in the talk, practice what you preach, all of those, it is more effective than it is for you to just preach and get on, get on your pedestal. And believe me, I do both. I get it. So what I want to go back to is education. So educating yourself, continuing to do things like listening to you know, radio shows that interest you, um, you know, information I gave you today, you know, looking at the American College of Sports Medicine, looking at the HeartMath Institute. These are ways that you can educate yourself on the ways you want to make a difference. One of the books that I've read and I've mentioned on the show before and very much enjoy is um, Happy for No Reason by Marcy Shimoff. And, uh, Happy for no reason. I actually read Love for No Reason first and Happy for No Reason second, even though she wrote them the other way around. Um, it is such a valuable book, though. The, the thing that I like about Happy for No Reason is for all you pragmatic folks out there, more the thinkers than the feelers, I think this one, in my opinion, just can perhaps resonate with you a little bit more. Um, whereas Love for No Reason, uh, I guess, would be more of the feeler book. I'm not saying that you couldn't read both and and I honestly feel like you should because they are different enough yet supportive of each other that they're both worth the read even if you don't read them front to back but but thumb through them one of the things though that I like in it is um in in uh happy for no reason is uh in chapter 9 she says happy people cultivate relationships in their lives that nourish and support their happiness and one of the somebody had done um 
she's she tends to document a lot of research that's been done in these areas and one of them um that she mentions later in the same chapter is that they focused on a happy group and a group that wasn't quite as happy or unhappy group and the difference or what the happy group all had in common or one trait that the happy group all had in common was having close trusting relationships and I would go through and and read you a little bit more or quote a little bit more, paraphrase a little more from Happy for No Reason. And what I want to get to is taking that information and running with it. So thank you, Marcy Shima um, and Carol Klein, for that. Um, relationship and the practice. So, and oh, by the way, just one step back for a second. Education, that's part of it. So reading Happy for No Reason supporting these practices um is one way that um I serve and I serve because it serves me so the relationships that we have we have lots of different relationships and ha- and so many ways that we can affect everything every being around us We have relationships to nature, to our own homes, to our families, to our friends, to our lovers, our work, education, our own education, as well as the education of your entire country, our government, in America anyway, we we really tend to have a relationship with government, although I, I think it could be argued that's everywhere. Um, your body, your children, animals. So for just a second, think about that. So you could you could affect everything in your life all the time in very simple ways. So you could choose to eat organically. You know, if that's what, what one of the ways you're going to serve. You could choose to buy your groceries only at stores that support causes that you believe in or um, health choices that you believe in. You could join groups like that. You could, in terms of relationship to your body, you could just choose to, first of all, listen to it. That would be my advice. If you can't quite get there yet, then, you know, breathe and drink water. Start there. Uh, breathing consciously, for those of you that are um, going to make fun of me and say, well, don't we all breathe? I can't tell you how many times I've heard that. Um, yes, we all breathe or you wouldn't be alive. And I'm asking you to do it consciously. Um, animals, you know, just when you see a bird outside, have a moment, take a moment, have a, an exchange between that animal. Maybe you have animals. So be sure you take the time to to nurture that relationship. Education. Please educate yourself on the regular, whatever it is. And educating yourself does not mean following blindly. You were given a mind. Use it. Make your own choices. Calculate things. Pull it apart. You know, question it. 
questions are great because they can open all kinds of doors. So when we are talking about supporting ourselves in our practice, we want to have the kinds of relationships in our lives that are congruent with that. So, for instance, um, and I love this. So the, the woman that helped me buy my place, Hunter Bovig, um, a very a good friend and a very good realtor. She had um, my ex and I do this this exercise where we were really learning more about what do we really want in a home. And without going deep into that, I'm just going to say it turns out I need to see nature and I need light. I don't necessarily need three bedrooms and three bathrooms. What I need is light. Oh, and community. So I live in a townhome that has really high ceilings, lots of windows. I see nature right outside. I'm looking at it right now. And I, my, my neighbors are all in close quarters and we're all very close. How about that? And that mattered the most. As long as my toilet flushes and I can take a shower and I can make my food and have somewhere to sleep, what really mattered was light, nature, community. So that's what I mean about your relationship to your home is that you might look at those things. And, and it doesn't mean you have to up and move. So let's say everything I just said is what you also love, but you have a very dark place that's in a very closed neighborhood, meaning that, or, or not closed, but um, distant neighborhood. So there's not a lot of people around you, and it doesn't get a lot of light. Well, you can change that by buying lights, plants, and just reaching out to the people that are near you. You know, bring them, bring them some food. Bring them some flowers. Bring them a plant. Just say, hey, I'm your neighbor. We've never met. I just wanted to introduce myself. You may or may not get a door slam. Usually you're not going to. And, and you may not get a real long-term relationship, but you are reaching out. You're doing the practice. With our children, biggest thing is remembering that you're modeling all the time. They are watching everything that we're doing. So when we choose to smile, when we choose to laugh, in the face of adversity, when we choose to maybe have a tantrum in a moment and then adapt to what's going on or practice resilience, turn it around and move forward, our kids will do that too. So we're actually bringing in the next generations of people that will be in the practice of now. In your work, we've talked about having a different kind of relationship with it. Noticing what you can do, not what you can't, what you can do. Um, protecting yourself doesn't mean that you have to go completely inward. So realizing that in your work, maybe you can serve and have a different kind of relationship with certain clients because that's what they need. <clears throat> and that is how you're giving back. And you'd be surprised how that comes back around. And... Finding the balance between that is another part of the practice. And they, I hope that you can understand that even though that's not easy and it feels like one more thing to do, it is actually a beneficial part of the practice. Healing wounds with family members or friends. When I say that, you know, 
I, it doesn't mean you have to be friends, but you could be friendly. We talked about in the practice of yoga um, that Maitri being in the practice of friendliness um, and the practice of without harm, ahimsa, those two in and of itself, if you live like that for the rest of your life, not only are you, yes, practicing yoga, practicing now, practicing resilience, practice, I mean, you're practicing all those things, you're, you're, you're adding to the energy of, of beneficial behavior. You're modeling that behavior. Government, getting as involved as you can get. It's interesting how little things add up. Um, it can feel overwhelming. I certainly feel overwhelmed by it um, and, and sometimes hopeless. It doesn't mean I don't keep going. I do what I can to make a difference because, honestly, that, that serves me. By me doing something, I feel the contribution I'm making and it benefits me as well as the other people that it may benefit. I hope it benefits other people. That's the part that gets a little more hopeless is that sometimes you feel like you were working your tail off for nothing. Um, I I really don't believe that's true because it may not be beneficial in the way that you thought or it may not be positive in the way that you thought or get the change that you wanted and it still can benefit the energy. So as we get closer to ending the show today, I just want to ask you a question. I want you to think on this. So let's go back to just Stand where you are, sit where you are, take a couple of those deep breaths all the way to your sit bones, tightening your belly gently as you exhale from your sit bones all the way out your nose. So you're breathing as if you're breathing to your pelvis and back out. Take two more. Get really, really present with your body-mind. You don't have to close your eyes, but if it helps, you can. And please don't do that if you're in a space that you shouldn't be doing that. Keep safe first. I want you to bring to mind, who do you hang out with? Who are the, who are the closest people to you? I don't know. Pick three to begin with. Who do you spend the most time with? Then take that out to maybe, you know, five, ten people. Who do you hang out with? And then pick, to begin with, pick a couple of the closest and tell me how they contribute. You, you're not obviously telling me that straight up. And by the way, you are welcome to call in. It is, the number is 347 677 0699. I keep forgetting to say that in my shows, and I am so sorry because I've been wanting to open up the phones for the last, you know, five, ten minutes of the shows, and I just haven't been good about it. So I apologize. Again, the guest call in number is 347 677 0699. So you're not actually telling me how they contribute, but in your mind you're kind of pulling together those ideas as if I were sitting in front of you, and you can say it out loud if you want. Now move out to like the five closest people to you, or ten. You know, pick someone in that realm. Start there and maybe pick, you know, three or four people out of your 
list. And just notice if that's beneficial for you. It doesn't mean that you need to go and call off a friendship. Wouldn't tell people to do that. What I would say is, is that you might need some space from certain folks that are not serving you. When they're not serving you, you most likely can't be serving them. If all they do is draw on your energy and bring you down, that's not helping. That doesn't mean we walk away. It means that we may need a little bit of space to figure out how <clears throat> to have a friendly relationship with that person. So think about that for a moment. If you have found someone, if you haven't, yay, I'm, uh, yay, keep, keep on keeping on. If you have found someone, I just want you to take a moment and think about how can you address that. And I, I say the more subtle, the better. Again, we're modeling behavior. What do you want? Now, sometimes it might be that this person is absolute toxin to your tribe or to your life, and, and you have to address it. We can still address that in a compassionate, understanding, harm way. Even when we need to stand up for ourselves, practicing that third chakra stuff, when we're practicing self-love and personal power, doesn't mean we have to be harmful, rude, mean, none of those words. We can be firm. We can be succinct. We just can be also, again, practicing from a friendly space. So what I'd like for you to do this next week, the homework is this. I want you to notice, number one, and again, if you have your journal handy, you can write it down. If not, like put it somewhere in your mind and write it down later. I want you to notice how you serve yourself and others. I say serve yourself first because that I want number one. But you can add in and others. I also want you to write down the relationships that are working in your life and why. And the relationships that perhaps are not supportive. And you may need to find a way to address that. And most important, go ahead and write down the practice you do. Go ahead and show yourself what you already do, and please be generous to yourself. Maybe you eat really well, and you've been doing that for years. You can write that down. Uh, you're, you do drink water. You move. You breathe. You smile. Whatever it is that you already do, and then right to the side of that, add what you're going to do. If you feel like you're not doing anything for yourself, that's where you're at, and shoot, we've all been there. If not, most of us will be there at some point. Put down what you're going to do. Start as small as you need to. Please be consistent. Consistent is important. Accountability, responsibility to the consistent practice of now. Just giving you a moment to write that down. So, please go forth. Be in relationship. Pay attention to your relationships. Note how you serve and how other people serve. And educate yourself. Stay out of the head down and plowing through or 
fight or flight all the time. Use it when you need it. And practice being in the now so that you don't skip the joy and the happiness that are out there waiting for you. You can always breathe. And remember, folks, practice peace always. Because I'm